This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And here we go. Welcome to the Bullpen on this Thursday afternoon. I almost said Wednesday in like a split second I stopped myself. It's not Wednesday. Yeah, don't tease me like that. Thank God. Thank God it's Thursday. Day before Friday, but... Wait, is it is is today Monday the third? Well, it can be. What do you usually call it? Monday part four. Monday part four. Yeah, but four. it's been a pretty good day. And I don't know if I'd consider it a Monday part four, considering we kick off the NFL season tonight. We do, and that's something to be proud of. This something is to be true. Happy. Well, I don't know about proud of, but something to be excited about. Certainly, you can be proud of making it a full year since the last time football. Well. I mean, unless you're a Houston started. Texans fan. I'm sorry, I couldn't. It's help. been a full off season. We made it. We did it. Off season's tough, and especially if you're not tough. a fan of other teams. Off season is tough, uh, and, and you know, as as exciting as it can be. Obviously, we all know the off season is just that. Nothing that you saw in the past several weeks matters. Everything's going to matter as of uh, this evening. As the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champion Rams, host the uh, Buffalo Bills, and this. There we go. Okay, I can turn a mic on. There it is. Hi. Welcome to uh, Radio 101, my friend. Man, well, my, my, I guess I got a fat <laughs> finger. I don't know. This is my surgical <laughs> finger or whatever. It's fatter than my That's other right. one. That's that doesn't right. matter. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, that the, oh, uh, no, the, I was going to say that. Rams hosting the Bills. Well, you talked about preseason and how it doesn't matter, and there were a few teams that didn't even play a single starter the yeah. entire preseason. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Denver Broncos being one of them. Right. And, and, and In fact, we didn't see a whole lot of uh, Matthew Stafford. During the preseason, I, well, that definitely you definitely wouldn't want that if you're a Rams fan. And uh, he had an off-season procedure, you know, on his right elbow, right. dealing with that pain that he experienced last season to help prepare for this season. Uh, and along with that procedure, also got an injection in his elbow during the off-season yeah. uh, as he treated an injury that Rams coach Sean McVay previously referred to as "quote a little bit abnormal for a quarterback." Now, according to sources, Stafford feels better today than he did the same time last year. Uh, and he confirmed that on Sunday when he said, you know, there are no limitations on his elbow. He said, I feel good, no limitations, feel great, ready to go, can always be better. Spoiler alert. He said. I always say that. And then he says, I can always try to feel like I'm 21 again. I'll keep trying, but no, I really feel good. I feel I can make every throw. Now, I feel if you're if you're feeling that good, mm. then why? Why I mean, joke I, about it? Well, why even make a big deal? You say, yeah, I'm feeling fine. Yeah. Right? That's a, It's almost like you're going a little bit out of your way to try, try to convince people of something. Look. Yeah, possible. That sounds about right. Right? It sounds like he may, may be covering up and maybe a little bit worse than... Could be. Now, Sean McVay says uh, he, he has no reservations, no issues with Stafford throwing 50-plus passes during tonight's season opener against oh, the Bills. Oh, God. That right? won't happen. I guarantee you they won't do that. No, I mean, he didn't throw during spring workouts. It's all just coach speak. He was uh, put on a throwing schedule during training camp. You know, we, so he's... His, his elbow, though, I mean, you could really look as you could think about his elbow really will uh, impact the entire NFC landscape. Yes. All right? Yes. If he's healthy uh, or the team can manage the pain in some fashion, kind of like last year, the Rams start the season as the best team in the conference, no question about it. But if there's some kind of lasting issue that requires more than just, you know, say veteran maintenance yeah. or worse yet, he shuts down, uh, shuts down Stafford for the, uh, a, a lengthy period of time, that could then reshape both the NFC West and the Super Bowl picture as a whole. It's true. I mean, yeah. so a lot rides on his elbow. He could silence a lot of critics and answer a lot of questions tonight. Uh, if if he just and and what better team t- to do so against the Bills? Sure, you know, yeah. Which they're going to make this an absolute boat race. That'll show you how uh, where you're at. It'll be a high scoring affair for sure. You think? Unless we forget, uh, he'll be playing against a defense that signed edge rusher Von Miller in the offseason. Say they got almost two. certainly going to land some licks on that arm. There's two very good defenses. Yeah, and. Let me tell you something about the Rams. They like to play dirty, mm-hmm. and when they know your quarterback is hurting, they will go after that spot. Mm. So, well, you know, only time will tell, right? Uh, but I mean, if there's an issue in a game like this, we're going to know pretty quickly, yeah. I think. And, and if there's not an issue, then well, you I'm know, just saying, they, I'm just saying, are, because the Rams play that way, that is very well known around the league. So the Bills, let me tell you. Spoiler alert again, they have a very good defense, and you said Von Miller, uh, he's going to be going after him, and he's going to be going after that elbow Absolutely. every single time. Absolutely. Uh, now, and, and, but I keep going back to this thing, you know, that he's talking about how, well, you know, I feel good. 
I, and all, all this stuff. But shouldn't every arm feel good enough that it's not a topic of conversation? You know? I, I, that just makes me like if I were a betting man and I had been considering putting my money on the Rams, this would make me change my mind. I think I can see that. Now, yeah, I'm not a betting man, so can, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. If you can, if you know how to read between the lines very well, you can tell that there probably is something more. And he just he like you said, he felt like he had to extend it, right. extend a joke just to make you really feel good about it. Right. And I think it has the opposite effect. So you got a pick for tonight? Uh, who who you like? Bills, baby. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm Josh thinking Allen's so my too. fantasy quarterback. I'm okay. back in fantasy football for the first time in like five years. So I got manipulated into it. However, I do have Josh Allen as my quarterback, so I'm excited. It should be interesting to see. Uh, I, I I like the Bills tonight too, but I think the Rams will put up a fight. I mean, it's in L.A. Yeah. So it's not going to be an it's, easy. Slog. It's not going to be easy at all. Mm. And you got a very rejuvenated defense uh, with the Rams. And Aaron Donald is already in midseason form. You saw him when he was practicing with someone else's helmet in a fight, mm-hmm. ready to launch, which for some reason everyone just kind of threw that under the rug like it was no big deal because it was a practice, even though, who was it, Miles, uh, Miles Garrett? No, uh, Melvin Gordon? No, Miles Garrett, yeah. Was it Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett for the Browns when he, you know, went after uh, the Pittsburgh quarterback and, they were talking about criminal charges, right? But now they they just swept this under the rug like it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the NFL. You know how it goes. I really don't. Weird, honestly, weird place sometimes. Every every single thing is different. It's for a weird them. neighborhood over there in it the is. NFL. Yeah, I'll stay away. From so uh, also uh, kicking off the season on Sunday, the Houston Texans as they host one of their most hated rivals in the Indiana Indianapolis Colts, and Matt Ryan could be making his first start as a Colt. There's a big milestone that could be reached on Sunday as well here in Houston. And uh, as, as a Falcon, Matt Ryan had 59,735 passing yards, which means all he's got to hit is 265 yards on Sunday against the Texans, and he'll reach <laughs> 60,000 passing yards. Safe bet. I don't that's think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, One way or another, it. he's going to do it this season pretty soon. But uh, against the Texans, yeah, I don't know. it's probably going to happen. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan has been down the last he couple has, years. Yeah. So, you know, Texans... I, they know this is this is coming, so they're going to be you know may have a little extra pep in their step to, to make sure that this doesn't happen because they don't want to be that team. Maybe, but I don't. I also don't know if I could trust Matt Ryan throwing for two hundred sixty five yards. No, I think it's going to happen. I absolutely believe this okay. is going to happen All on right. Sunday. I don't. I don't know the Texans as well as you do, so I, I will go with your. I would say I, I know him super well. Opinion. I just know that I don't. I mean, it's, I, I I would not trust this Houston's this Houston defense to to stop. To hold him to less than 265 yards. All right. Uh, now, let's say he does, right? He reaches 60,000 uh, 60, yards. Uh, he'll do it in just 223 games. That would make him the second, fa- second fastest player to ever do it behind Westlake's own Drew Brees. Not bad. Who did it in 215 games. That's a nice list right mm-hmm. there. And he joins six other guys. Well, five other guys. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger, Phil, Phil Rivers. Oh, wait, no. And there's another guy, an old man named Dan Marino. Oh, I've heard so, of him. Yeah, so yeah. I was wrong, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, well-deserved guy. Matt Ryan has been great for a very long time. Very frustrating in the playoffs. Let me tell you what. 73 career games with at least 300 passing yards. Yeah, you know? he, he was good, especially at Boston College. He was very good. Yeah, he yeah. was always some sometimes always under the radar. Never really talked about as much as the elite. But man, he's he's going to be in a list of elite players here pretty soon. Might be something exciting. That's pretty to see. cool. And well, and you bring that up too. Uh, you know, he's 37. He's got uh, 24,785 yards to go to reach Tom Brady. So I'll probably have to play like six years after Brady retires to reach that record. That's not going to happen. Nah, so probably elite, not. but not that elite. He's up there. He's up there with up it. Up there, but not that. Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're also hovering around names like Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, Dan I mean, Marino. Yeah, yeah these are big names right. on that list. So you're, doing something you're right. on there for a reason. You are on there for a reason. Now, uh, you know who's not on this list? Aaron Rodgers. Mm, Geno's, I was going to say Geno, Geno Smith. Well, Geno Smith's yeah, not on the list yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they're going to be looking for their fourth consecutive NFC North title this season. And Rodgers sounded pretty confident about it. Yeah, he's got a real tough division to, to hold up on. Season opener at Jeez. Minnesota, which is never easy at Minnesota. I mean, I think the Pack, Packers are going to win it, but it's never. that's not an easy place to go and to play ball. I've, honestly, I've never taken the Vikings seriously. Really? Yeah. I think they're perfectly mediocre, like I said about Kirk Cousins. Well, the entire team is like that. Certainly in recent memory they have been. They just have a lot of – they get a lot of injuries. 
But he's expecting, Roger says he's expecting a tough game here. He says uh, the Packers always seem to find their way to the top of the division one way or another. It doesn't really matter. He says all the other teams in the NFC North, it seems like every single year, I hear their fan base and their teams feel like this is our year to win the North. <laughs> He says it hadn't really been the case during my time for the most part. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, shot at all the fans before he dips out next season. Look, since he started QB in 2008 for Green Bay, he's won the, they've won the NFC North eight times, Minnesota four times, Chicago twice, and Detroit a whopping goose egg, Ooh, which is sexy. just so sad. I, 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 as a kid, I, used to, I loved Barry Sanders. You yeah. know, I just wanted to see the Lions win once. Not that oh. I had any dog in the fire. I couldn't care about Detroit, but, you know. Oh, well. So that's Sorry, that, that's unfortunate that uh, they've never that not only have they never won a Super Bowl they've, they've never won the NFC North. It's such a shame. So sorry. So if Rogers sounds confident, well, it's because the rest of the NFC North has has <laughs> given him good reason to feel very yeah. very confident about yeah. that. I do not blame him, although I do not want it to happen. But I really don't know who would take it. Yeah, maybe Minnesota. Should I take him seriously this year? No, I mean I don't know if you should take him seriously this year. The uh, only way they're going to get in is if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Right. Uh, there's yeah. There's no reason as as long as you have a healthy uh, Nick Nicholas Cage there at, at Colin. <laughs> yeah. Even know, if he's seventy five percent healthy, he's still better than all, every other team in that division. Hands down, it's yeah. easily easily the best. Did you see him recently show up with that uh, that wife beater on looking like Nick Cage from, yeah, from yeah. Uh, Con Air? I think he did it on purpose. I think he did too. I think he was doing that look on purpose. That was so cool. And he nailed it. He did. Absolutely nailed well, because it. Because I saw the picture and at first I thought Nicolas Cage was like doing like some sort of reunion for Con Air or something. I couldn't understand what I was looking at and they're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, that's that's like a 25-year-old picture you're showing of Nicolas Cage. What are you talking about? <laughs> look, Nick Cage is back and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy for it. He's How's he, he back? He's had some good movies lately. What? Especially yeah. Pig. Did you not see Pig? I did not see oh, Pig. Oh, it's a very good movie. Is it about pigs? Uh, I, I, sort of. It's about <laughs> one pig. He gets stolen and he has to go find it. He is also a very uh, former sad. popular chef in Portland. It's very depressing. Oh, but it's good. very good. It's a good Nick Cage movie. Uh, he also has the the new movie about himself, where he plays himself with. That's right. Now I would Pop, see something like that. Pedro Pascal, which kind of a kind of, uh, like kind of a parody on himself. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. very very good. I think it would. And would then I watched Face Off recently in National Treasure. Now movie. I would say he may be in the new National Treasure movie. Thank God. Face Off was truly, uh, I, I think, probably my favorite Nick Cage movie. Face Off. I saw that movie four times in the movie theater back in '97. My buddy for an entire month. In like 1999, we would watch the VHS every weekend, and we'd order a Godfather's pizza every weekend with it. It was delicious. They order peaches along with it. No, oh. we're not gonna go. We don't. We don't need to go there though. Eat those for hours. <laughs> All right. Peach. And on that note, more NFL talk. We got a little NF- MLB talk on the way. Of course, uh, we do. Another step toward uh, history books for some dude in the Bronx and a massive, massive contract out of the University of Clemson. Whoop de whoop de do. That and more on the way here on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. You know, if you look at something, we're all competing. You know, the whole league's undefeated this week. Everybody has the same goal. Everybody's had the same amount of time to prepare. You know, some teams have more experience than others. You know, you look at just the, the general makeup. Uh, they're better in experience, you know, versus our youth. I mean, these are things that I think about. This is how I, I plan, and this is how I forecast. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the scheme is always a challenge at the beginning of the year because everybody's had a whole offseason to prepare. So, you know, you're going to see new wrinkles and new ideas. You may see uh, certain concepts that you hadn't seen in a certain situation last year. Maybe you see it this year. You know, all all those things, and that's all part of having a little bit of extra time in preparing. And and I know specifically we, we tend to spend more time on our you know, because that's just what I believe in. Because at the end of the day, it's about, you know, what we're going to do, how we're going to attack. I, think, I just think just in the experience part of when you're talking about the other guy too much, then to me, you're not you're not putting the time and energy on what's most important. And that's your own performance. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy there today talking about whether or not he's worried about any early season struggles ahead of their uh, season opener against the Bucks on Sunday. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers are going to win this one, uh, but the Cowboys certainly have made a case that they could they could be in it. They can compete. They could be in it. They can definitely compete. I mean, like we've argued, I've argued this before. Except there is a there is a thing to what he said about September football. Mm-hmm. Everybody's O and O. Everybody's got all the confidence in the world because it's the first game. 
things happen out of your control, either good or bad. So it's, I think the first couple of weeks it's anyone's game because no one's really quite fully on their game yet yeah. by that time, you know, and they're still getting used to the routine, the new routine and all the muscles being sore as hell after the first couple games, first couple weeks. Right. It's going to be rough. Yeah. So it's really anybody's game for the first couple of weeks. So I, I, I agree with that. There's something to that. Now there's uh, some, some McCarthy's players are, are taking the field this weekend, uh, lacking some of the experience that other Cowboys players have. And uh, McCarthy addressed a bit of that today. You know, our goal is to play complimentary football. And, and I think we're clearly built better for that this year than we were last year, clearly my f- first year. I mean, we have, we have, we have a defense uh, that, you, that you can play to. And, and that's a, to me, is a huge factor in not only getting to the championship, but, but winning the whole thing. So, and I can only go off my personal experience. You know, I had, had some great teams, very fortunate to coach in the past, but, you know, one team I've coached that's been a top five defense, and that team won a Super Bowl. So I, I think there's a lot, a lot of merit history supports that. And, you know, I think the ability for us to be more complimentary and, you know, where we're not so caught up in the statistics because complimentary football, you know, wins more games in the long haul. So linebacker Micah Parsons been uh, look, says he's been looking forward to Sunday's opener against the Bucks as he begins year two of his career, uh, as well as we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, his, uh, his quest to become the best player in the league. He says he alone is why I believe they have a shot at yeah. this game. Yeah, because he is going to be a disruptor, and he's going. I don't care who you are and who. You, Tom Brady is forty something years old now, right? Yes, uh, I want to say he's like forty three, and he's had very little practice recently. Yeah, he's going to be on his heels all night, yeah. and Micah Parsons is going to make sure he is in the fold the entire game, and I'm excited to watch that. So Brady, uh, of course, the seven-time Super Bowl champion, was recently voted as the league's best player heading into this season, while whereas Micah Parsons was ranked 16th on that same list mm-hmm. of the NFL's top 100 That's okay. players I mean, after you're... a breakout rookie season. Yeah, he's still a rookie. He's NFL got time. defensive rookie of the year. You know. Yeah, I mean, look, he can take offense to that, but us as a casual fan probably thinks that's still a pretty good spot for him. Now, here's something interesting. When Brady was drafted by the Patriots in 2000, Micah Parsons was uh, one. He was born in 99. Wow. That's just insane to wow. me how long Tom Brady has been around. That and hurts. so because of that, Micah Parsons says we got to get him out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> He's been dominating this league too long, he says. He keeps coming back. Look, And Cow- he does. Cowboys fans feel blessed to have a guy like Micah Parsons on your team. He is going to be like the LT to your heart. Like, he is going to be insane. Mm, absolutely. Enjoy the ride. Now, he's given a lot of credit to Brady, too. You know, he, of course. He credits his work ethic for his ability to play this long. He says it's not just about durability. you got to have a killer mentality. And he, and he likens him to guys like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. Right, you can't argue against him. No, he says he's got a fire inside him. He yeah. likes to kill you, and and uh, I mean that's what you got to have if you want to play into your forties at the top of your game. Absolutely. Uh, so of course the Cowboys going to have to consistently win, and uh, you know, head coach Mike McCarthy was asked if he thought they could. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think this really feels more like a, a year or two. You know, you know, you know, having the experience of going you know through it before. I, I know in year one in my past experience, uh, you know, there's you know one and four, four and eight. And I, I just can remember not really feeling like it was getting to where you want it, and and then you win four in a row, and then you you, you know you springboard into a you know a thirteen and three NFC Championship appearance. So I mean, there's there's things that uh, you're always trying to you know be coordinated and and come together. In that, and I think a lot of what we're what we're doing now, there's just there's so much more understood. You know the importance of you know regularity and, and flow and you know being efficient. Whether you you know how you practice, all those things. I mean, it, it all adds up, and because it, it gives you the you know the ability to be consistent. And at the end of the day, it's about you know playing your best football on Sundays. You know the real key factor key factor here is, I know they have he's he's right they have a pretty inexperienced team but I think they have enough veterans on the team to kind of balance that out but uh, the real key factor here is Michael Gallup I thought his workout was excellent really the last two days saw him this morning he had a hip in his hip in his step so that's good so the recovery you know he has checked every box all the way along I, he, he's coming back you know physically he looks he looks really good but we you know we don't have we don't have a time frame that that'll answer itself but you know we've been we've been very encouraged by the work if he can come back that would be huge because then the, it's it's actually a decent target besides C.D. Lamb who will be triple covered probably the entire game. Absolutely.
Absolutely. So looking at this this Bleacher Report uh, NFL picks for Week One, uh, they're they're ta- they're picking the Buccaneers over the Cowboys thirty two twenty eight. Thirty two. Okay. Thirty two twenty eight. So they, so they they like Keeping us it close at, at you know on the road. Yeah, they like That's us. There, that the Cowboys can can stay in it. Just probably won't win it. Anyone on that list think they, the Cowboys can win? Uh, let's see here. Um, I lost the page. Yeah, there's a few few guys on there. Three. Yeah, few guys think the Cowboys can win, but uh, look, again, for the most part, no. It's, <laughs> it's at home. The Cowboys are going to be energized. The I I give them every shot to win this game because they matched up so well against them uh, last year. Yeah, it's essentially kind of sort of the same team. So. And Tom Brady's older. Now, how do you like how do you like your Seahawks against the Broncos this, this weekend? <laughs> uh, They're going to shock the world like the Longhorns uh, are on Saturday? I sure would love to see that. Uh, do I think that's going to happen? No. No. Do I think they're going to keep it closer than what we think? Yes. However, if there's one team that knows Russell Wilson better than anyone else, it's the team they're meeting against week one. Yeah. Russell Wilson has consistently not been that great. The first game of the season, usually running for his life. So if they don't have a if they don't have an offensive line like they teased that they're going to have, he could be running for his life. And look, we know him; he makes mistakes, he makes erratic throws. So watch out for the scramble. And man, I don't know; they may have a shot. I mean, look, the the no, I don't the, know. They don't. The, Let's the Broncos be real. They don't. won what seven games last year? Yeah. They didn't know they don't have the best defense in the world. Yeah. So, and we got one of their best defensive linemen on our side now. We got so, the prediction here: thirty-eight, seventeen Broncos. I just don't trust Geno Smith at the same time because he's yeah. such a turnover machine. Yeah, and they have that. They have he has the players to be successful. He has a good running core. He has a good wide receiver core. He's got great tight ends. I don't know about this offensive line. It's going to be super young. He's not really good at running for his life, but he can stay in the pocket. But that's his problem. He throws a lot of interceptions, and he fumbles when he runs. Yep. So, yep. man, I really don't know. It's yeah. I don't think they're going to win, but I think it'll be closer than people think. Uh, that was way too long of a, of a description of that game. Oh, it's fine. You're passionate. <laughs> you love your teams. I do. Uh, they, they're, uh, let's see. They're picking uh, Indianapolis over Houston 26-20. Uh, might be a little closer than, I would, than I would think. But, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then That's pretty close. Tonight, 35-31 Bills is the prediction there. That's a lot of scoring for two really good defenses. Yeah, but they they also got I mean they they two teams that could run up the score too. That's true. On the offense. Yeah, I suppose. Uh I don't know. I I think I, defense will win tonight just week 1 just I just that's just my gut feeling. I think defense, defense will, will win. I, tonight. I think it'll be a like a 17-13 game or maybe like a 21-24-17 game. And I think the Bills will have all those uh, higher points. Yeah, yeah. No Bills. So over to the uh, college gridiron now, where a massive contract comes out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Head coach Dabo Swinney agreed to a new 10-year, $115 million contract today. That's the largest college football coaching contract by total compensation ever. Kind of hypocritical, don't you think? A little bit, right? Because just a little bit, uh, it's kind of an. I mean, you could argue it's kind of an NFL level contract. Absolutely. Now, back in April, he said, "I'm against anything that devalues education. That's what I'm against. I'm for anything that incentivizes education. People will come after me because I've always said I'm against professionalization of college athletics, and I am. Kids don't know what they don't know. It's a slippery slope if you professionalize college athletics. Now, I got to ask you: Will this 115 million dollar contract? It's got to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Is this going to devalue education, or at the very least, make it uh, perhaps more difficult for students to pay for college there at Clemson in the first place? It could be. It certainly wouldn't. Well, it's not going to help. I mean, it's going to help Dabo Sweeney, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, this is a big one, though. That's I mean, huge. It's uh, it, it runs through the twenty thirty one football season, averaging eleven point five million. Uh, it, it, it in twenty twenty two, he's set to earn ten point five million, just behind Nick Saban. I just want you to sit there, just real quick. And imagine what a, making $11 million a year would feel like and what you would do with that. You know, truth be told, all jokes aside, I would probably still be doing radio. Yeah. Because I absolutely love radio that much. It'd be, it'd be a much much more stress-free environment for would, you because you're doing being, it for the love. I would own the radio station. That's Amen. the difference. I'll, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good call.
Yes. Yeah. What, what, what's the old line from uh, Rage Against the Machine? F the Killing G ride. The name of? I want the machines that are making it. Similar thing. Hell yeah. Similar thing. Good for you, yeah. man. Yeah. Let's go see him in El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there, there's some interesting uh, bits here. Uh, according to the term sheet, if uh, Swinney leaves to become Alabama's head coach in 2022. Stop it. Right? He would owe, he'd owe a, this is in the contract. That's in the contract? He'd owe a $9 million buyout. That number is $6 million if he leaves for another team. Okay. They do, he'd owe nothing if he leaves Just for an NFL coaching job. Really doesn't want him to go to Alabama, I know. I know. which Clearly. I don't know why that would be in there because it doesn't seem like that would ever happen. Yeah. And then, and then the number decreases every year of the deal. Now, if if they fire him, if Clemson fires him without cause, yeah. college would owe him $64 million this year and next year, $60 million in 2024 and 25, and then $57 million in 26. Whoa. Now, the final years would pay him the remaining compensation wow. left on the deal, and if he's fired for cause, no payouts whatsoever. This is a big, big, wow. big contract right here. Imagine have to firing him for no cause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So you've got... Nick Saban uh, and Kirby Smart also recently signed a 10-year, $112.5 million contract, averaging $11.2 million a year. So Man, those it's three, good to be a college coach, my friend. Those three guys are doing Goodness. okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to be, you know, eating ramen noodles anytime soon. Uh, you know. But speaking of Clemson, at least we have some semi-good news out of Clemson. We do. Local kid. We do. From uh, Westlake. Well, yeah, a little Westlake Clemson news. Cade Klubnik. Yeah, and uh, we'll have a little bit more on that coming up after the break. Patrick Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins. That is you. Yeah. You are Patrick. Indeed. I am Brandon. And Thanks for is, listening, you guys. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And this is the bullpen. <laughs> is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen Thursday edition. And the great Ed Clements joins us. He's back. Hi, guys. stepped in the studio here for a a bit of a news update. You know, with this, the passing of the Queen, it's reverberating in the sports world. They halted play this afternoon uh, at the BMW in Surrey, England. Uh, The DP tour, the European tour, uh, their big stop, they, uh, they stopped play. And I would assume they'll resume tomorrow, but they shut everything down. Also coming up on our show, a Sports Talk with uh, Ed and Beto, we got a bang-up show. Uh, Ivan Mazel from On3 Sports, a nationally known sports writer. Uh, we'll talk about Texas, Alabama, and also just got finished interviewing Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler. Very hey, cool. All right. And Scotty, I, I, I told Scotty, I said, we, we interviewed, you about, interviewed you about a year ago when you had no wins on the PGA <laughs> Tour, and we like to say, you got the sports talk pump. And he said, Ed. Wait, wait. Don't tell us. I'm going to tell you. Tease it. Okay. He Tease will it. He will reflect on my thoughts on the sports talk book. Yeah, don't, give that, don't give that away. Bump. You got you to give him incentive to listen. I'm just so excited about it, though, <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you, You got man. to talk to Spieth and, and yeah, Scheffler. Yeah, Spieth and Scheffler. There's that? a big UT fundraiser today for the golf team. Spieth, Scheffler. Uh, Dylan Fratelli, uh, former guest on the yeah. show. Johnny Vegas. He got a sports talk bump, too. Yeah, sure did. Cody Gribble. Uh, all the great Longhorn, uh, Longhorn uh, former players, plus my friend David Winkle, who played for Texas, who's now the agent of Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Ah, DJ, Ooh, I bet he's doing. He, he's feeling good, Mister Four Million Dollar Puck. He's smiling. He is <laughs> yeah, smiling. He is. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. You know he is. Okay, you guys have a good show. That's what's coming up on you Sports too. Talk. We'll, we'll see you in a few. Ed. Okay, bud. Thank you. The great Ed Clements, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure Always you, make available. Sure you tune to in interrupt. this afternoon, four o'clock. We love it. Always a pleasure to have him stop by. So before the break, we were talking a little Clemson, uh, or a lot of Clemson, if you want to, How you know, $115 million worth of Clemson. Cha-ching. Uh, for uh, head coach Dabo Sweeney, uh, who has uh, just signed that, what is it, on my paper here, sorry, I got, okay. Well, it's uh, funny. Ten years, that's what I was looking for, the ten years. It's funny when uh, you, you brought up that Alabama clause, because as soon as we told Ed about that, yeah. the first thing he said was, that's stupid for a guy going to Alabama. Yeah, and I was like, I was like listen, he's going to have to pay out $9 million if he goes there. So that's Not- clearly uh, the worst kept secret of all time, that mm-hmm. he wants to go to Alabama eventually then. I mean, I could understand wanting to go there, but, man, you've you got a great thing going there at Clemson. It's not like you've got a bad program by any true. stretch. That's true. Uh, I but understand. it's not Alabama. But yeah, I, it's not Alabama. But I mean, look. Carve out your own niche, man. How much more would Alabama really give Dabo Sweeney at this point? Well, you there know, is that question, with too. With the success that he has brought to Clemson, it doesn't really seem like it would pr- It would probably still be on par with this. I mean, he's done some big things at Clemson. 
You know, uh, I mean, uh, two national championships, seven ACC titles, a lot of NFL players, 151 wins. Yeah, which is that's third in FBS history uh, for most coaching wins, uh, 15 seasons. What's really the incentive? Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops. Yeah, what's really the incentive to go to Alabama at this point? Because you've you've created such a just a nationally known pro, a very successful program. You're making a lot of money. You're what you you where you've been you've been forever. So you're com- where you're comfortable. So why leave? Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I'll tell you one guy who is comfortable there at Clemson. Who's that? Former Westlake QB. That's right, Cade Klubnick. Cade Klubnick, and uh, still riding high uh, from that that big win on uh, over the weekend. That fourth quarter touchdown drive he put together against Georgia Tech. That's got to feel good, dude. Flashed that's his talents, good. man. That's so cool, dude. Flashed his talents in that drive. Uh, and also maybe ten plays, sixty six yard scoring drive. Yeah, and also kind of maybe even threw in a, a added to the a little bit of contra- quarterback controversy over there. Now uh, he he didn't get a lot of playing time, right? Mm-hmm. He subbed in the final possession. I mean, he's a freshman, right? They have their they have their starter, but that's all he needed. It was, yeah, this was a ten play, sixty six yard scoring drive in their forty one ten win. You're most likely still playing against the Georgia Tech starters. So yeah. if 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 he showed out there, it's just a Sneak preview of what's to come, I guess. Yeah, and so, I mean, uh, you know that had to feel just phenomenal. Yeah, you know? absolutely. A true freshman. And he said... First uh, game. He said it was it was so much fun. It was great to finally be out there. Always dreamed of playing college football. So now I got to get, to out, get out there and live it a little Good bit. Good for him. Uh, he was uh, obviously the uh, number one quarterback, number six composite recruit in the class of 2022. Enrolled in Clemson in January after a pretty distinguished career at Westlake. 27-0 as a starter at Westlake. Uh, that's pretty good. Back-to-back state championships at Westlake. Uh, also pretty good. Ended his prep career with 86 touchdown passes and seven interceptions at Westlake. Man, maybe you know, he should have gone to Texas. A senior last fall, he, he completed 71.3% of his passes, 3,251 yards, 43 TDs, only three interceptions, and he rushed for 465 yards with 12 TDs there. I guess we can expect good things to come in the years for Clemson. The, the future looks bright. Yeah, for, absolutely. For good for them. In, in, indeed. I uh, guess good for Clemson. And... <laughs> Now, we talked about the the you know where he was in the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. The Longhorns have leapt up to number two overall in the recruiting class. I would expect that, that after makes an absolutely sense. stellar run in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are on the, on the rise in a lot of ways, but certainly on the recruiting tail. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has put together one of the top classes in the entire nation this year. And uh, the rating, ranking took another jump when Sports Illustrated put out its updated national recruiting rankings. Horns jumping from number four to number two in the country, just behind, take a guess. Alabama. Uh, you know, Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> you really had to go on a limb for that one, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, real uh, tough call. Texas is uh, 22 verbal commitments, seven SI-99 recruits. Built a strong class with two additions over the last few weeks, but... Uh, UT uh, was really the only program nationally add, to add multiple SI-99 recruits in August. One was a uh, in-state do-it-all defender, uh, Darion Gullett, uh, mm-hmm. top 50 overall recruit. Uh, the other top-ranked running back in the land, Cedric Baxter. What Six. a name. I like that name. Uh, yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. Great uh, football name. Wouldn't be the first great running back named Cedric to play for the UT. That's true. Longhorns. Uh, the late, great R- Cedric R- Benson. R.I.P. Yes, sir. But six of Texas SI-99 recruits are currently ranked within the top 50 nationally. That would be the Archie Manning effect, and mm-hmm. uh, you thank your lucky stars you mm-hmm. got him because, goodness, that's going to be a good team. Arch Manning and Cedric Baxter, like we mentioned, but there's also uh, receiver Jonte Cook, mm-hmm. also receiver uh, Ryan Niblett, and elite offensive tackle Peyton Kirkland. Again, one of those wide receivers is because of the Archie Manning effect, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure one of those is a five-star. Also, UT's got some of the top commitments on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, in uh, Malik Muhammad, uh, Derek Williams, uh, Darian Gullett, and uh, you know a few other names. So, yeah, number two recruiting class overall in the nation. Your Texas Longhorns. I think it's a good time to be a Texas fan, baby. I think it is too. Let's go now. Uh, on another poll, not quite so high, but Uh-oh. still top five showing. And this one doesn't matter as much, but it's always fun. The fifth, the Longhorns are in the latest Fan Nation Big Twelve poll. Again, it's the Texas effect. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't really matter how down they've been lately. Everybody knows who Texas is, Everybody. and they always pay attention. Everybody. Uh, so basically, if, if you're not familiar with this, it's staff members from Longhorns Country, Inside the Bears, and Red River or Red Raider Review. Uh, they vote on the rankings, kind of like an Associated Press poll. Mm-hmm. First place vote bringing ten points, second nine points, so on and so forth. Uh, the Big Twelve had a pretty big week. Nine of ten teams won their opener. West Virginia was the lone loser. 
Womp womp. Bummer. Uh, but there was a pretty dramatic renewal of the backyard brawl against Pitt. Uh, so, you know, 38-31 loss. Not the worst. Mm-hmm. They played pretty well, but they, they still lost. Uh, but um, on this uh, fan poll, uh, Fan Nation Big 12 poll, Texas Longhorns come in at uh, number five still. We'll say more where they were last week. Not a lot of movement on this list. Uh, looks like... Uh, it's weird seeing Kansas State above them, though. Kansas State and I know Oklahoma it's a fan State poll. tied for third. I know a fan poll, but that's, yeah. that seems a little odd. That's why it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To me, it would actually make more sense if... It, I mean, Oklahoma's number two on this list. I could see either OU and Texas or Texas and OU at number yeah. one and number two, respectively. Come on, fans. But What's Baylor. Up? Baylor tops this list for yet another week uh, in the because latest Fan Nation Big 12 to do in Waco. Believe me, I know. I used to live in Hewitt. I don't know where that is. Hewitt's just outside of Waco. <laughs> Hewitt's where you would stand is, and and you would look, you know, a little bit north on I thirty five and go. I don't want to go that way. Is that where the German uh, Kalachi place is? No, that's in West. That place, yeah. is stellar. West has Kalachi yeah. I've ever had in my entire life. Well, it's because they're all Czech, Czech over there. Yeah, and they're and they're real deal legitimate Kalachis too. Yes, but then it's not just the Kalachis. They got other great restaurants around there too. I've stopped in there with my dad a couple of times over the years. But they, yeah, you're, you're right. I've only been there once, and my 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 friends that I was with were adamant we went there. So we did. Obviously, they have more than kolaches. They have a whole bakery of, of stuff. But, yeah. man, those kolaches, I love them. I, uh, go back. Yeah, yeah. If you've just moved to uh, the central Texas area and you've got uh, a little time. You it's know, like two-hour drive. Two-hour drive. Not even. North. It's not even that far. Not even. No. Yeah. No, I, I think it's like halfway. That's between. because everybody's out allowed to drive 95 to 100 miles an hour on that, on that roadway. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, 35. Yeah, well, I, you got to be a lunatic sometimes to drive It's drive between fast Temple and Waco. Yeah. It's just it's just wide open. Go ahead. I've never seen a single state patrolman, and everybody's going 100 miles an hour. Better find some wood to knock on. You know, I, I've it, been pulled it, over by the state patrol. It was it was the scariest situation of my life. Was but it? It was fine. Nah, you'd be fine. That's the first time being pulled over by DPS. Yeah, DPS it, are all right. It, it, it made me a little nervous. They're the not guys gonna that, lie. They're the guys that typically won't be giving you the the, the warnings. No, the right? guy was the guy was great. It was it was yeah, it was fine. They got a job. Yeah, to it do was totally fine. Yeah, actually, I look. I love. I wanted to be a state patrolman one day at one point in my life. It's a I don't know career. If, I don't know if I could do it now, but man, that's cool. I, 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 yeah. I wanted to be a fireman, but most of the time I just wanted to be a loud mouth behind a microphone in a radio studio. <laughs> I think we both, I think we both did it. <laughs> just a lovable idiot, right? <laughs> Amen. Yes, sir. So, following the Longhorns' fifty-two to ten uh, season opening win last weekend over Louisiana Monroe, uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian revealed that uh, wide receiver Jai Hall, who was previously uh, suspended indefinitely for an off-field incident, has been reinstated back with the team. All right, I guess he's done enough. Yeah, uh, apparently so. He says it's great to have him back. Uh, it, it's going to be with us. Uh, great to have him uh, back with part of the team. Proud mm-hmm. of the work that he did to get back. Of course, he played his freshman year with Alabama. Right. Uh, and uh, announced his commitment to Texas in, in April. Originally entered the portal after being suspended by uh, Alabama head coach Nick Saban for a violation of team rules. And then soon elected to visit Austin. I wonder if he'll be able to play. He was reinstated, but it doesn't mean he's he still gets to play. Right. So. And I have not heard anything one way or the other to that sure. to that fact. You would hope since he did the work and got back right before the Alabama game that they give him a shot since that's his former team, but, you know, yeah. who knows. Sark also announced that Alabama transfer tight end Jaleel Billingsley is currently serving a six-game suspension for an NCAA for infraction. That and This also occurred during his time with the Crimson Tide, but Sark's trying to make it clear that this, this is not something that uh, was imposed by Alabama nor by Texas. This is uh, an NCAA suspension, period. Okay. But uh, thank you, coach. That's kind of where you are. One more bit of news about your your Longhorns uh, coming up after the bullpen, of course. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, yes, and uh, Mister SCC. If you could find somebody who has less faith in the Texas Longhorns this weekend, I'll you're going to be hard pressed to honestly just give it a couple years, and all of a sudden Texas and Oklahoma are going to be his two favorite teams of all time. Let's hope so. Uh, because he says they'll be in the SEC. He says the only thing that can stop Alabama from winning by four or five touchdowns is Nick Saban having a heart. And there's no proof he wants to go easy on Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, no. But also, St- Steve Sarkeesian wants to go crazy on Nick Saban. So it's going to be interesting. I think to some degree, uh, you know, as much respect as he's expressed for Saban, I think he, to, to a, a degree, he certainly Everybody wants, wants to, to beat make their a mentor. statement again against yes. him, right? Yes. Yeah. You want to beat your mentor. You want to beat your mentor bad. It wouldn't be an episode of the bullpen if we didn't dive into the uh, a little bit of baseball. Oh, are we lightning striking into baseball? That is exactly what we're doing. Nailed it. We uh, are diving into our bailiwick here. <laughs> uh, another night, 
Another home run in the Bronx for Aaron Jones. Why are pitchers pitching to him? I do not understand. 55. Do you want to be the one to give him give up the record? I mean, what are you doing? Well, for now, you know, you could you could be at least one of the next five pitchers or even six. because uh, he needs six to tie Maris, right? Right. So it's whoever that seventh pitcher is. But That's don't give don't him the don't be. give him a shot to make it. I just walk him. Fourth inning home run carrying the Yanks to a 5-4 win, keeping Judge on the path for the uh, MVP award, although stiff, stiff competition from Shohei Otani across the, uh, on the other coast. That's true. And, uh, and, and Anaheim. Uh, 25 games remaining, though. Judge still on pace to hit 65. That makes me so sad. Bet he's on pace 20, to hit 65. Oh, no, yeah. there's only 25 games left in the season. Yeah, that makes me I sad. know football start, season's starting, but, man, baseball's... If he reaches the mark, it would be the fifth 65-plus home run season in in, in Major League Baseball history. And, of course, the most ever was 73. Mm -hmm. That year that Barry Bonds allegedly hit 73 home runs. (laughs) 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 Now, Roger Maris' son. Subtle, man. Roger Maris Jr. Mm -hmm. He's uh, expressing a little wishful thinking that Aaron Judge might acknowledge that his dad is the the quote-unquote real home run record holder at 61. Mm -hmm. So he's not buying into – not only is he not buying into Bonds at 73 – He's also not buying into McGuire or Sosa, respectively. Uh, Harsh words. Yeah, he, he goodness. A judge acknowledged the other day that Barry Bonds had the single season home run record, despite the cloud that the steroid era has. Right? He says the record's the record. That's what I go by. I watched him flip uh, as a kid, flip the ball into the bay with ease, and that hasn't changed. Um, of course, we know Maris set rec- the record at sixty one in 1961, and Roger Maris Jr. told the New York Post yesterday he was disappointed that Judge did not write call his father's mark the real record. He says, I think a lot of people still look at dads as the real record, so that was surprising to me. Did did he say something bad about the record? No, he didn't say anything bad. He he said, I just, he, Judge acknowledged Barry Bonds as as the single-season record holder. Okay. Maris sees his father as the only legitimate single-season home run record holder. Because of steroids? Right. Gotcha. So he wished Hmm. that Judge, but then he went on to say, you know, how how strong and consistent Judge is, although he did say the circumstances were different for Roger Maris, because... Uh, you know, he, he and Mickey Mantle were chasing Babe Ruth, right? Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, he, you know, he he wasn't he wasn't insulting Judge. He was just wishing that his old man would get a little bit more credit. That's kind of a bold take to to say, honestly. Like, it, it just, I, I, I can I see. I don't I think I he's trying to stir up controversy for this. He's just, you know, that's the that's the record. Yeah, I think he, uh, like it or not, that is the record. They liked it. I I think a lot to be able to say that. My, you know, my dad. Holds Come a claim on. to fame here, that, and, you know. But I get it. Look, that's a great thing that he did. Yeah, he probably did it steroid free. We don't know what they took back then, and what was legal and what was not legal. So it's hard to really uh, say that. But again, at the end of the day, Barry Bonds hit seventy three, seventy three home runs, seventy one home runs, seventy three, seventy three home yeah. runs. Yeah, yeah. In, in one season, and that's that. Yeah, that was a season that, like it or not, real or legit or not, that that happened. And I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, you know, I, I am very much a, a man of the asterisk, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. So that we was, could that have that two, yeah. two se- single season home run records with asterisks on them. Yeah. Cool. Right. That seems that seems fun. Uh, the tenth inning, of course, we know everything counts, and that's that's what that's what ended. That's when it ended last night uh, as the Astros topped the Rangers 4-3 in extra innings. Oh, the Rangers lost our, again already. It all, it all came down Jeez. It all came down to uh, the Ghost Runner and a wild pitch. I hate that Ghost Runner. Ghost it's Runner not, stupid. First of all, it's not a Ghost Runner because if it was a Ghost Runner, no one would be there. Just, so he is yeah. just a runner. I don't know why they call it that. That doesn't make sense. You just call it the we used to play Ghost runner. runner in the park, man. I, I yeah. used to love doing that. I do remember With Ghost Runner. With a tennis ball yep. and a wood bat. Ghost runner on third. Yep, exactly. They're always safe, too. <laughs> always, man, always. Uh, so, basically, the Astros were down 3 nothing. Uh, then they came back. They eventually tied it, and it stayed tied all the way through the 10th. Uh, and then uh, the, the Astros took advantage of the ghost runner there in the 10th uh, with Jonathan Hernandez on the mound. Uh, he issued two intentional walks, threw a wild pitch at the first offering to Alex Bregman. Game over. That's almost as bad as uh, winning on a, on a walk. I hate that so much. I, I think I would feel less. I would be less frustrated as a pitcher if I lost on a walk as a, as a if I lost on a wild pitch. I guess, but either way, either you, way, either way, you still don't want to very, lose. very, you, you very, 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 very like frustrating. That. Either way, yes. Uh, did you see this? This John Daly out there? I finally on the mound. <laughs> yeah. This was so great. It's like Superman. I mean, uh, it's like Santa Claus on vacation uh-huh. walking out to the mound. <laughs> Big white beard. 
big long locks of white hair, mm-hmm. right? Shorts, trademark shorts, t-shirt, on, on, yeah, flip flops, half, half button t-shirt. Uh, I think he if had. He his, could have a cigarette in his hand. He would have. Yeah, I think he had his uh, sunglasses on too. Tab to throw the ceremonial first pitch at Bush Stadium ahead of the game between the Cards and Nationals last night. Cool, he just strode to the mound uh, and he fired that strike to the approval of an onlooking crowd. And much like he used to do down the fairway, this thing just split the center 60, six, 60 feet, six inches down the middle. Just I, no problem. I don't know where he gets his athleticism from. I really don't. The dude is just like a walking, just, I, I don't know how to describe it. He just, he smokes cigarettes, drinks alcohol, eats awful food. Yeah. And he's, and he, he always has. Yeah. And he always has. And he is just the most athletic, one of the most athletic golfers I've ever seen. And it, he can just destroy the golf ball. And apparently he's got a pretty, he's got a cannon for an arm as well. He barely even put any effort into that pitch. Yeah. He didn't care. He walked up there. He threw it almost as quickly as he got up there, turned around and walked back. Ridiculous. He didn't even acknowledge the fact that he threw one of probably one of the better, you know, ceremonial first pitches of the entire season. It would have been funner if he just threw the pitch and then just walked out the center field wall. That would have been the funner. door in the center field. Yeah, that, that would have been pretty good. <laughs> Mr. Daly. Uh, he's had a pretty banner year, though. Uh, he's 56, nearly made the cut of the PGA Championship in Tulsa. Uh, celebrated, uh, it, well, it, he, I guess he shot two over par and uh, treated himself to a celebratory dinner at Hooters. <laughs> Later celebrated Memorial Day weekend, uh, executing a perfect belly flop on camera. He went viral for that. Uh, Not that this was ever in doubt, but as of last night, John Daly is most certainly living his his best life. Amen. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Dude is just living his best life. God bless John Daly for that. Yeah. Uh, Little soccer news, little MLS news. Okay. Uh, Atlanta United and U.S. Men's International Defender Miles Robinson arrested over the weekend. One count of misdemeanor theft by taking. Now, the story gets interesting here because it doesn't, it doesn't start out that way. Given a criminal trespass warning released on a $150 bond. Okay? Okay. That's not like any big deal. And it really no. wasn't. Uh, according to the arrest report, he refused to pay for a $5 shot that he'd taken off a drink tray. Stop it. And the bartender said, you know, just pay for it. He wouldn't do it. Bartender alerted management. Police escorted Robinson off the premises to be, quote, criminally trespassed. <laughs> After being detained by police, he was told all he's got to do, all you got to do, dude, pay for the drink. Just the $5 that you owe, pay for it, you can leave. And according to, resp- to the report, Robinson said, all this over $5, bro? Yeah, all this over $5, you're stealing. Like, I, mm-hmm. all you had to do was go pay. Mm-hmm. That's all you did. Yep. You took a drink off a tray, five bucks, you don't go to jail and, and end up in a news article. I know like MLS players don't make that much money, but they can afford a $5 shot. I can Come afford on. a $5 shot. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Accused the bartender of being racist during the interaction, uh, which, you know, whether or not that's the case, I don't yeah, know. But yeah. uh, not a good look, you know. He, I, I think he missed most of the season with a, a torn Achilles or an Achilles injury. Well, really making a case to keep yourself on that team there, Mr. Robinson. I know. Jeez. If I were on the U.S. men's national team, I would my nose would be as clean as clean could be. You think? You would never hear a peep out of me. You think? Certainly you'd find me paying for my shots. Yeah, it's $5, man. Come on. Uh, the Seattle Sounders hosting Austin FC on Saturday in a pretty crucial Western Conference battle. For us. Kickoff is 3.08 our time at Lumen Field up there in uh, Appletown. <laughs> Apple Land. Apple Land, Apple indeed. Land. Apple Land and Hopland. And Hopland, yeah. Uh, the Sounders 11-15-3. Austin is 15-8-6. and six. Uh, Austin's second in the West. As, and uh looks like Seattle's ninth in the we West. We could really Conference. use these three points there, Austin. Yeah. I know y'all are going to make the playoffs no matter what. Now, Seattle pulled a 1-1 <laughs> draw here earlier in the year at Q2 Stadium back in March. Back um, when they were actually playing like a good team. Yeah. Now, uh, they had a 2-1 win against the Houston Dynamo that kept the Sounders' postseason hopes alive as the club's hoping to extend the, the league record playoff streak to 14 seasons. That's right. For Austin, we got one of the, the best players in the league this season in Sebastian Drusi. He's 26, Argentine attacker. Uh, he boasts 20 goals and 7 assists, and uh, he'll be tasked with trying to unlock the Sounders' defense on Sunday. So Right now, that's not that hard to do, so... Good luck, Sounders. Yeah, I, I, you know the the thing is, you know, Austin really looked to be competing for the Sporter Shield up until just a couple of three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then they've since lost three of their last four, including a three zero loss to Nashville uh, over this past weekend. So uh, turn it around, fellas. And after all that, they're still second in the West, turn it so around. they're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, Ed was in here earlier talking a little golf, and uh, of course, this drama with the uh, Live Golf, Live versus PGA. 
Still not going away. Of course not. And uh, Rory McIlroy has had some stuff to say about it. Uh, I don't. Why, why is he? Why is he still talking? Did we not just pull an article a couple weeks ago, or even a couple like a few days ago, where Rory said that he he doesn't have any friends anymore yeah. because well, of the live golf? Yeah, it was and like then Sergio he just Garcia keeps, and other guys he played with last year. Yeah. I think it was a European Ryder Cup. And, but he can't keep them out of his mouth. Yeah, he's the one who's still talking. And there, there, there's also uh, we had we saw a little bit of a heated debate uh, on the golf course playing out between uh, Billy Horschel and, and Ian Poulter. Uh, of course, uh, Poulter is one of the live defectors, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's really unclear what they were saying. But you could tell they were arguing out there on a, on the practice green. Uh, their their body body language is pretty animated. So we're starting to see some egos clashing. A little, yeah, egos a clashing. Little tension. Uh, but Rory took a shot, uh, says, if uh, come Sunday you find yourself in contention and the man to the side of you is a live player, would there be more incentive to win? I mean, I'll be trying to win a golf tournament regardless. They're going to be pretty tired on Sunday because it'll be the fourth day. And, of course, <laughs> live events only last three rounds, right? <laughs> um, oh, Rory. You know, he's taking kind of a tongue-in-cheek approach here. Come but on, puts Others aren't. John Rahm, not too... Not, not quite as soft, you know, is, is what I understand of some players that have never shown any interest in the European Tour, never shown any interest in playing this event, being given an opportunity just because they can get world ranking points and hopefully make the majors next year. I mean, who cares? What do you what do you, what do you what are you so afraid of? What does it matter? Yeah, I mean, you you guys complain that the the uh, the competition isn't that great now that these guys are gone. Well, now they're back and you're complaining about it. Yeah, like what is going on? No one seems to know who or why they're mad at anyone anymore. See, this is what I don't understand. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not worth losing friendships and established relationships over. It's just money. That's all it is. That's all it is. And I don't care if you play in, you know, this three-letter golf league or that three-letter golf league. Y'all are all millionaires. Yeah. So shut up. You guys all worked your butt off to get to this position, and yeah. now you're here, and now some guys are making more money than you, and now you're being a little brat about it. Like, mm-hmm. shut up. Exactly. It, just it, stop. It's just kind of like, uh, it, it's very but high now, schoolish. And that, it sounds yeah, very and now high like, schoolish. Oh, they shouldn't be allowed in our backyard now because they went over there. When a lot of these guys were like, yeah, we get it. Or like, even a couple months ago, we're like, yeah, we get it. They're doing it to take care of their families, blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden it's a problem because they have to play with each other. Yeah, I, I, I just it's, Jeez. it's stupid, it's pointless, and it's very unfortunate. But you know, it is where we are in yep. uh, professional golf now. And uh, I, you know, I, I would like to see everybody kind of come come together and kumbaya it out on the you know. The It'll be a hole. few years, but I think we'll get there eventually. Yeah, they'll figure something out. Uh, that's about it for us. Westlake going for its forty third straight win tonight as it opens district play against Aikens High School. Uh, should be a good one. Aiken's coming off a 38-7 loss to Elgin last week. Uh, so Elgin's you know, a good team, too. Westlake coming off a 47-14 win last week. We'll see what happens. But Good luck, guys. High school football kicking back into high gear across the Austin area. Of course, as we all know in the state of Texas, high school football has been known to be kings. That's true. So Good luck, fellas. Good luck to all of you there. That's it for us today. We'll see you tomorrow on the Friday edition of the Bullpen. Oh, yeah. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. See ya. See ya.